it to right. That'll score one. That'll score two as the ball gets away from Fisherman Wright. That's going to score three runs. And the Washington Nationals have the lead. They have Soto hung up. They tag him out, but nobody in this joint cares. Incredible. The Nats take a lead to the ninth. Welcome in to Defeating the Curse, renamed for the next week or so, Defeating the Dodgers. The Nationals have turned their season around. I mean, Stevie, this is one of those moments as a D.C. sports fan that we cannot underscore enough. This is a special time here in D.C. This is a special time for all Nationals fans. Yes, we face the Dodgers next, but let's just spend a few minutes here talking about the season that was. If you've been listening to this podcast with any type of regularity, you know that I've come a long way in my Nats fandom. It's been a uh, a rough ride, to say the least, going back to the start of last season. I still remember getting excited for the start of the, the uh, what was it, the 18-19 season or whatever it was, and uh, or the 18 season, and then dropping a bunch of games to the Reds, and we never kind of really recovered this year. At one point, they were 19-31. and 31. They end the season with 90-plus wins, one of the best turnaround stories in the history of the major leagues. I mean, in all of sports, to be very honest. And the, 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 the cherry on top of it all was just a few nights ago here in D.C. hosting the wild card game with the Brewers coming in. Now, admittedly, the Brewers were not at full strength, but this is a spot that every Nats fan was nervous about. Yes, we got the game at home. Yes, this lineup is very different. Yes, this is the most resilient Nationals team I can remember hearing about, following, reading about since they moved here. This is just an incredible story. But let's be real here, Stevie. Every person in that stadium in the ballpark a few nights ago was expecting, hopefully, a a close game that the Nats basically go, you know, with with Max on the mound, hopefully no big mistakes, keep it close, get to the mid-relievers. Strasburg was going to come in, get one or two lucky swings, try to eke out a a 2-0, 2-1 win, something like that. Because historically the bats have gone, you know, cold here and there, and this is just kind of the moment where season after season we falter as a team and, honestly, as a town because I expected them to lose, and I think if you caught – you know, 50% of those people, so about 20,000 people that walked into those gates a couple nights ago, Tuesday night, probably expected the Nats to lose as well, but they were still there in hopes for something better. We got something a lot better. Uh, You were there, Stevie. You take us back to that moment and talk a little bit about what you saw in person, you know, from from the ballpark. I mean, I watched on TV. I woke up my kids when I was screaming when Soto basically cleared the uh, the bases. It was incredible. What did you see? Well, uh, at first, I'm going to apologize for the voice, the little horse, but I'm not going to apologize. I'm going to give you a you're welcome, you know, for for doing this town's work uh, in Section 235 the other night. I mean, everything you said, uh, I'm with. I mean, big, big, incredible turnaround, 19 and 31. People out clamoring for Davies' head. Uh, they, you know, playing 650 ball, you know, 112 uh, uh, pace win. Uh, you know, it's incredible turnaround. This team comes in as one of the hottest teams. And then we hit October and the calendar turns to October. And the, the, the biggest fears of every Nats fan that was in that stadium and outside of that stadium were playing out right before our very eyes for about two hours that evening. 
the two or three biggest fears that evening was one, Max gets off to a bad start. I mean, we know that the first inning with this guy is the most critical in terms of settling him down. I mean, I, I can't tell every pitch that he would throw, I would look at the pitch and then I would immediately turn to the scoreboard and look at how fast it was, how fast the ball was coming out of his hand. And he was touching 98, 99, which is not a good thing for Max. That's not, it shows he's too amped up. And when he's too amped up, he's not hitting his spots and he's not uh, uh, putting, you know, the, the, the ball where it needs to be. And so he was just way too amped up. I don't know why they don't know how to calm this guy down. I don't know if it's possible to calm this guy down. I don't think down. you can. Yeah, I, I think that Mad Max moniker carries over He's a really bulldog. well. He, he, he yeah, is. and he wants to come out and, and shut things down. But he was extremely aggressive, and it cost us. I mean, it cost him it cost him two runs. It cost well, the Nats and, two and, runs. And I guess there was a questionable call on the walk, uh, you know, pitch number seven, walks the leadoff hitter. Then Yasmani Grandal takes him deep, but just barely takes him deep, right? It just clears um, the fence and, and into the bullpen, to the Nats bullpen. And so, like I'm saying, that literally for two hours is your worst case scenario, which is Max lets some early runs and the bats go completely silent. Now, give Brandon Woodruff some credit. Guy was touching 100. It was like yeah. an easy 100 for him. Um, so he was pitching well. But you know the one difference, Joe, and I'll, I'll tell you this, is if you weren't in the stadium, you, you didn't feel it. There wasn't the same sense of completely hopelessness like complete hopelessness (laughs) is that yeah i don't know why maybe it's the capitals i give the capitals a lot of credit for this maybe it's something that the caps changed maybe you know it's just the the dynamic of this team the way they came back the different route they took uh uh, you know to the playoffs this is a different team different it's a different team maybe it was the the fact that the mystics are challenging for the uh the wnba finals and we were on the uh, precipice of yet another championship i'm with you but you know what even through the tv broadcast now i've become accustomed to listening to um you know our local broadcasters right so ej's my guy i love him from you know um the nba shows and whatever but actually, about uh, right around the fourth inning or so, I actually muted the TV and started listening on the radio because it brought me comfort to listen Charlie to Slows. Charlie Slows. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a national uh, a national uh, treasure as far as I'm concerned. He's the best, and he's and the I, best. and it's happened a few times actually throughout the year where I, I I mute the TV or I prefer actually to listen to the radio broadcast because you can hear more of the the murmurs from the from the crowd that's in the stadium whether it's full or not. Like sometimes we fill the park, sometimes we don't. It was full the other night, and it came through on the microphones, uh, the the radio microphones. You hear, you know, the ball hitting the, the 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 catcher's mitt. Like, there's just more stuff happening, ironically, on the radio broadcast. And you know, it it did come through that way too. Like, Max gives up those two, and and immediately my first thought is, you know, nightmares of of you know Game Five in Chicago against the Cubs, where he comes in in relief and just blows, uh, you know, a save opportunity or a. You know, he's just in in DC. I was I was in that. that, yeah, was in like, that it just it, it, that's immediately what I thought of, and then it took a second. But you know, they they the cameras panned to Davey, and I was like, you know what, this guy. Like, I was one of the first. I was calling for his head, and I said he was way in. Like he he maybe he didn't know what he was doing. Maybe this was above his pay grade. You know, how would Dusty do it? Like, this is probably one of the first times um, that I can remember not thinking about Dusty until after the game. But but Davey let let Max calm down. Max found his spots. The velocity came down a little bit, and you know you take away, you know maybe sixteen pitches or so over the first two innings. You take those out. He pitched great. He, he pitched well, great. And, and to that point, and I know we're we're gonna jump all over the place, and we'll get to the heroics uh, at the end of the game. But Davey Martinez, 
there's a couple of low-key MVPs outside of Soto. Davey Martinez was actually the he managed a perfect game. I mean, you talk about every move he made from uh, like you said, trusting Max, letting Max work through some of the kinks, getting him to go five, getting him to settle down, getting Strasburg ready, knowing that Strasburg's gonna get the ball. Um, the way he would get Zim up to pinch hit and then pull him back if we didn't have a runner on base. So making sure that Zim yeah. got into a high leverage situation to be ready at the end of the game. Uh, the defensive substitutions, uh, getting Michael A in there, um, getting Andrew Stevenson to pinch run, obviously when Soto hits uh, that, that single. So uh, Davey pitched, and then going to Huddy over Doolittle. I love yeah, Doolittle, the, the call Doolittle, that. that's a that's a different heartburn that we'll deal with hopefully hopefully we won't have to deal with it but that I mean that that pain is going to come, right? And and nobody that no, that rocks a Nats cap is going to be comfortable when he takes his first postseason uh uh, reps, you know, or it comes into a game, whether it's a it's a lost cause opportunity or it's an actual like nobody's going to be comfortable when he comes in. But I will say one last thing on Max. I think and I, I agree with you and golf clap for Davey 100 percent here as well. If he had pulled Max early, the ramifications, if they had survived the game and like if they had survived and come out and now I actually would be traveling to L.A., Max needed to get through those, right? Like, like no one's talking about those poor two innings because ultimately the Nats, I mean, we're talking about it here for like eight minutes, but the, the Nats won the game, right? Max had five, let's say four of those five innings, three and a half of those five innings were solid outings. Nobody, he was unhittable. He was doing his Max bit, right? He needed that because the Dodgers are a, a much better team than the Brewers. Um, and, and frankly, when you look at, and you know, we'll, we'll come back here to this in a second, Kershaw isn't as unbeatable as he has been in in past seasons, right? He's kind of having that, like, Max, since he came back from injury, kind of not him 100% himself. I think those five innings, I think that's probably one of the best things that Davey's done all season is let him stay in there. You know, if it got to, like, three or four runs, maybe we, we need to change that, things up. But, um, but Yes, I'm with you on that. But that was the concern, is that, I, I mean, they were down 3 nothing, and then Trey, I mean, let, let's not, obviously we're going to talk about Soto, but Trey's... So, uh, a solo home run yeah. was huge. I mean, just to get a breath. Just to get something. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, being down two is very different than being down three. So two, sure. it feels a lot closer, especially as you get into those later innings, is just get somebody on and the tying run is at the plate. Um, so, so you know, absolutely. And and we will talk about Kershaw later, but he is Kershaw is the third best pitcher on that Dodgers team, and he I would, you know, and I would argue right now, Max is the third best pitcher. I'm, I'm excited to see Corbin. Corbin yes. gets his first postseason start um, in his career tonight uh, against the Dodgers. I, I, Corbin has been as maybe the best number three as far as rotational uh, pitchers go for the entire for the entire season. And frankly, our number four has been one of the better number fours for the entire season. Like I'm. Well, I'm perfectly comfortable with Sanchez getting getting the ball as well. I, yeah. I I know things get tighter now that we're in like full blown postseason mode, but I have a ton of confidence in Corbin. You know, he he doesn't get rattled. He's had a fantastic season, and mm-hmm. right now, you know, Strasburg is is the ace. Corbin to me is number two, and Max is is a cl- very close number three because he's still Max, and he showed on Tuesday night he can still get it done. But you just have to survive some of those those early jitters. But you know this kind of this shapes up really well for the Nats. I got to be honest. If they can squeeze out by some miracle a, a win tonight, um, off you know with Corbin basically you know on the uh, on the mound, then you're you're really playing with house money when Max gets his Absolutely. shot. So 
I like it. But let, let's talk about Soto here. Let's talk about – Wait, wait. Can I, can I get back to that rotation? Okay, yeah, just yeah, yeah. I want to clarify some stuff. Corbin tonight is an awesome play against the Dodgers because the Dodgers are a left-handed uh, hitting team. So Corbin against their big bats, Cody Bellinger, obviously, uh, Corey Seager, Max Muncy, a lefty against this team. I love putting Corbin up in games one and game four. Now, depending on what happens tonight, you will either see Anibal Sanchez pitch tomorrow night or you will see the workhorse, Steven Strasburg, take the ball. This is my prediction, okay? Because if they win tonight, like you just said, Joe, they're playing with house money. So put Sanchez up there. He gets, you know, you, you get what you get from him. If he's able to pull out a win, great. If he's not, uh, uh, no worries. You, you, you split. Mm-hmm. If you lose tonight, you cannot come back down 0-2. You can, but it's really, really, really hard. No. So you need a Strasburg ready to give you 70 to 80 pitches tomorrow on three days rest. But this is the problem with Steven, yeah. right? And we've seen this in the past. He is extremely about the routine. Like he, I mean, we saw this with in the Cubs series a few years back. Remember, he had the sniffles, and he was like, "I can't mm-hmm. pitch." Yeah. And it took it took uh, it took uh, heaven and earth moving to get you know, and and Rizzo getting in his ear saying, "Son, you got to pitch." So, like, this is not a spot. I mean, we like if you're a true Nats fan out there, we need this win tonight so that we get Sanchez tomorrow. You know, if we get two, then mm-hmm. then we're really in business, right? But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Today, tonight is a winnable game, and we should have confidence in Corbin because he's been great all season. Like he really, he truly has been. And I agree with you; he's going up against a lot of lefties. But there's no like there really isn't an expectation here to win the game. Like I don't expect them. Like again, in my heart of hearts, I don't expect them to beat the Dodgers. They can beat the Dodgers, but I don't expect them to. So I, I expect the team to be loose. I expect Davey to have them ready to play. And if we get into a sixth inning, seventh inning, it's a one-run game or two-run game, okay, that's where this team has has really shown brightest all year long. Like, this is a very, very resilient team. And we saw that on Tuesday. The bases were loaded. The kid comes up. He's 20 years old. You can't actually – you can't buy him a drink. You can't take him to a bar. But, my God, you put a bat in his hand in a critical moment, and he just seems to get it done. And – what a hit. And we could talk about the rundown if you want and basically given up because he could have stood there and the inning could have kept on going. It didn't matter. I mean, DC went nuts. Did you did you get did you take a beer bath, Stevie? Uh, I did. I did. Not my did own. Did you beer. give did you give <laughs> a beer bath? No, no. I had already finished. It was the eighth inning. <laughs> I mean, Soto Soto delivered again. I mean, Soto yeah. delivered again and I mean, it was it, it was like a, it, it felt like a walk-off. It really it felt like well, a walk-off. And, and that's funny you said that because a lot of people that were in the stadium for the Worthquake in game four in 2012 when Jason Worth hit his walk-off and were there last night said that last – or last night – said that Monday night uh, Tuesday, was the, Tuesday. Tuesday night. I don't know what day it is today. Okay, Tuesday night was the loudest they've ever heard Nats bark. And I know sometimes we can be prisoners of the moment. But, uh, I mean, it, it was just delirium. It was absolute bedlam when he hit it. Nobody even noticed – the, I mean, I was sitting in 235 right above uh, Grisham when he dropped the ball. And you don't even, you're not looking at that. You're looking at the runners and you just see Rendon running and, and Henley's sending him and you don't know what's going on. And when, of course, when you hear Soto afterwards, I think it's a little bit of a revisionist history where he was claiming that he knowingly went, got into a rundown and, and was basically giving himself up to try to bait a throw to third base so that Rendon wouldn't have a play at the plate. Of course, 
you know, you give the 20 year old, I don't think that's actually true. But they they did show like from his angle where he would have been when he saw the ball slip. I I don't know. He could have, he could have come up and just stood on the bag, but yeah, I, I, I I don't even care about that part, but I'll tell you the TV broadcast, we saw it differently, right? So in, in the ballpark, you're watching the runners. We're, we're at the mercy of the TV, you know, the TV cameras. So we see the ball, like, you know, we see the, the fielding error and immediately I'm like, please run, please. Like immediately we start screaming and waving, you know, given the, the, the sign yeah, to the, the TV to run signal. like we're, yeah, but we can't see it. So, you know, when the TV yeah. cameras pan back, you, the, the next thing we see is the, the rundown. And I'm like, where's everybody? Where's everybody? It yeah. took a minute to really kind of like just process everything. But I mean, what, a, what a sequence, man, what a sequence. And at that, like you just knew it was done at that time. I, I just, like, well, I was like, this is it. It's done. From a probability standpoint, the likelihood of Juan Soto doing that against Josh Hader in that situation, he was 0 for 3. He had already had two strikeouts. He has not been swinging the bat well over the last two, three weeks. Josh Hader is, is a, a perennial all-star. Last time he'd allowed a, a hit to a left-handed batter was in August to Joey Votto uh, uh, on the red. So over a month and a half ago uh, uh, you know, was the last time he let a lefty get a hit on him. Something incredible. I mean, it, 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 like the probability of that happening. I, I thought that he was pitching around Rendon. I was surprised he got down 3-0 on Rendon and then started pitching strikes. I thought it was a pitch around. I thought Hayter wanted to face Soto. I thought he uh, would much rather face him over uh, Rendon. And the patience for Rendon, by the way, let's not sleep on that. The patience and humility to not chase a ball that was clearly out of the zone and trust the guy behind you, trust your cleanup hitter, trust your 20-year-old to bring you in. It was something incredible. And, and it just encapsulates what this team is all about. It's just like a next man up mentality. And seeing the bench and the dugout after that, I, I mean, Hardo Parra was on the first baseline at that point. I mean, he had started celebrating uh, as Rendon was rounding third. And the, the place was just, is incredible. I mean, that's incredible. You speaking, speaking about Parra, like it's one of the first games he hasn't gotten in in well, a while. There was, there was no chance for him because it was all lefty bullpen. Right. Right. They were bringing in. They had every left. I mean, we so we, he, got, we got spoiled with Baby Shark though, and 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 he's he's one of those guys that forget about the song. I mean, it, he's one of these guys that he's just Nats through and through. Like he, he's become. I don't want to say he's like a face of the franchise, but when you think of the this Nats team and what they've been able to do over the past, you know, two and a half three months, he he's one of the first images that pops into my head. Like he's just yes, he's and, he's always Kendrick is another one. Like they, these guys just grind oh, yeah. out at bats. They, they seem to get big hits in big moments. Like this team is, I, I know some of the names may be similar, but this is not the Nats team that we we were watching earlier this season. It's not. It's certainly not the Nats team from years past. Uh, we don't even need to talk about uh, y- your boy, right, 34. Like we, we can leave him aside completely. <laughs> well, he's here. three now. Okay, he ain't 34 anymore. Whatever, whatever, right? But it's, uh, you know, but the, I was at the game on Friday against the Indians. And uh, I mean, it was the it was the last. It was a, essentially a meaningless game. I mean, it had some ramifications, but uh, it was the first. It was actually the first home game I've been to, Stevie, where I didn't see a whole bunch of thirty four jerseys, and it was really refreshing. Actually, I, I just yeah. didn't see a bunch of them. Like people, I appreciate that everyone's kind of just moved on. Like it's it, this is a new era, and and you know, I I mean, I would love for him to come on this show and talk about what he saw, but that's yeah. you know, that's well, for another day and time. But this this team is special, and. You know, I just, I just have a sneaky feeling, like with all the contract negotiations, with all the moving parts, like it would be great for DC to have an off season 
like similar to what the Caps had a couple years ago, right? Like actually go win this damn thing and and the contract talks and who's coming back and who's not becomes secondary. It would be amazing to have that. Yes, and that's why I don't think we should get into the shocking thing to me is when they leaked the day before the wild card game the offer to Rendon for seven years, $215 million that was uh, uh, declined. I, I don't want to get into that, and I think there'll be a time for that. I'm actually shocked that it was leaked. But you know why it was uh, at all. The learners were going to leak that because if they had gone into the twin, if they went into the Brewers game and lost, and they it, lost. They did. They wanted to be able to control the narrative that we tried before the season ended and it's ongoing. Like Rizzo, uh, I won't say Rizzo did it, but the learners have historically wanted to control the story. They did it with Dusty. They did it with Bryce. Like this is not. This is this is their mo. Um, but right now we're not talking about it because yes. we, it's game but, one and it's a winnable game one. And let me give you something before we get off of that is uh, we got to do the, the DC sports bit uh, radio bit of talking about the fans and the, the fans showed up at Nats Park and, and you were talking about you didn't see a lot of 34 jerseys and I think there is this maturation process that is taking place in Nats Park where the fans not only are loud, not only are in their seats, uh, you know, before uh, first pitch, but I mean, you're talking about every two strike count. Even after Max had given up that, that home run, fans were standing up. I stood up for every two-strike count, for every full count. Nobody behind me got upset. Nobody behind me got annoyed. Everyone kind of rose in unison. And it's become a much more baseball-educated, baseball-savvy crowd. And so, I mean, seeing the pictures on the TV, the beer throwing, when he, I mean, it was an impressive show that the fans put on. And hopefully Rendon noticed. I mean, he's been the one clamoring over the last couple of weeks that he wants more fans in, in the stand. So hopefully he, he took notice. Um, well, I mean, how could you crowd. not, how could you not notice it? I mean, Soto, everybody talked about it post game and you're right. Like we've come a long way. I'll, I'll speak for myself. I've come a long way this season, right? Just giving a damn and tuning in and listening more, like listening, paying attention. Like baseball is not a complicated game. There's, there's complexities to it, but at its core, like it's, it's, it's easily understandable if you, in, if you just invest like consistent energy in it, right? Our boy Ash told me this at the beginning of the season. He's like, just go. He took, he's the one that challenged me. Actually, he said, watch, watch for two weeks. Watch every game for two weeks. Get to know the players. Get to understand some of the nuance. There's no going back. And he's 100 percent right. This this game is. I mean, it for me. Like I I've. Um, I mean, it's. I went from you know casual fan or or just kind of drive by fan when we started this show what three years ago. I'm all in, man. Like I know the players, I know the numbers, I know the counts. I like I understand it and I love it. I love it. And you know, I took I take my kids to games now. Thanks for uh, hooking up the parking, by the way, Stevie. So <laughs> like we like I, I'm all in, man. And this is this is the best team in from years past. Uh, maybe not from a talent perspective, top to bottom, but they're just a better team, right? And and. And in, in team sports, teams matter, right? It's not just about yep. the best players because we we've gone we've gone seasons here in DC where we've had the best players but not the best team. This year, this feels like the best team, and the Dodgers are a tall task. It's by no means is this a walk in the park, but Corbin is capable of getting this win tonight. Doolittle is capable of pitching one inning to, to get a mm -hmm. save. He's capable. He can do it. I don't have confidence in him to do it, but he can do it. Max is Max, and we're going to have Scherz Day coming around the corner here, and hopefully it's a 1-1 series or maybe even a 2-0 series. Like, there's 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 a lot of things that can happen uh, that will impact DC positively, and it really starts tonight. And I I mean, to me, I, I don't think many people expect them to win this series, and that's different than years past as well, where they went in with a lot of expectations on their shoulders. Like, 
you know, they can win this. And I, 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 I just have a sneaky suspicion that they will. Do you? Uh, I do. I do. And there's some, every time you say something, I, I, I think of 17 different things to say. One of the most interesting things we haven't gotten into, and I know this is in the weeds, but if Corbin goes six tonight, uh, assuming he goes six, who gets the ball in the seventh inning and eighth? I mean, you talked about do little, and that's going to be a fascinating decision. I think. Uh, uh, I don't want to. I, I don't want to see Doolittle. Uh, no, Doolittle is going to get in, especially if it's it's close. I think the seventh inning is going to belong to Tanner Rainey today. I, I don't know why. I I have that feeling. I think his stuff, just from a stuff perspective, is the best stuff, especially when he's rested. But he hasn't pitched in probably five six days, so. I think it's going to be some combination of Tanner Rainey, uh, Fernando Rodney, Sean Doolittle, and Daniel Hudson. So, I mean, that's four guys right there. I think they'll match up Doolittle against uh, – I think he'll be the lefty guy, so I think he'll match up against a Muncie or a Bellinger. I think they'll bring him in probably just to face Bellinger. Uh, and then they'll give Fernando Rodney a shot at the eighth inning and Rainey a shot at the seventh, and then uh, hopefully Huddy can come in for the save. Yeah, I mean, I I'm fine with any of those combinations, but Doolittle to me, this is like a. I think just seeing what happened, like the the meltdown in early August, like I I don't have the stomach for it, man. I just don't. And he's he's and generally speaking, once he falls behind, like with with him in particular, with Doolittle, like by his sixth or seventh pitch, he's either got it or he's he gassed. Like he's we gassed. know it. So like there's the the margin of error with him is extremely small in my opinion but 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 just remember he's the only left-hander in that bullpen okay Literally, but this game has been played for 250 million years like you know you can you a right-handed pitcher can get a left-handed batter out they can happen it's not as likely it's and not as likely but it, play it the can situation. happen right i mean but you wouldn't make that argument you wouldn't you wouldn't say corbin couldn't do it right you wouldn't say Scherzer can't do it like it's possible it's possible you get a lucky break here or there, they pop up. Like things happen. Things happen. Like it's it's still that's that's one of the things that I'll I'll leave this season with, right? Is like things happen in baseball like that you can't explain. Like like um like Strasburg getting the start against the Braves or against the the Rockies or the Diamondbacks and he gets lit up for like nine. Like things just happen sometimes. Well, you know, that's why that's why what we experienced on Tuesday night wild card games was exactly that i mean they are wild because anything can happen in a one give me, game I mean, no. give me a prediction stevie what's what has tonight end um I, <laughs> I think the bats come alive tonight i really do i think the bats come alive you want like I nine think, nine to three no 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 i think it's gonna be like a seven five uh game and i think the nats are gonna win but i think uh the the bats will come alive tonight because they have to who's the uh, series mvp if the nets pull this out um, the series MVP, I will, if, if I'd say this is the difference maker with the Nats offense is, uh, the shortstop is number seven is Trey Turner. I mean, it, when he's on yep. and he's causing havoc, uh, especially uh, the reason I'm saying that is because, you know, he's going to have to be lights out against Kershaw and Hoang Ryu against those lefties. Um, and, and I think it's set up for him to have a really impactful, uh, uh, part of, of this series. So I think Trey, Trey steps up. Trey's a big game kind of guy. So I think as the playoffs go on, Trey's going to really step up. And we saw he's got some pop um, in, a, in a small Dodgers stadium. I think he can do some damage. Yeah, I'm excited to watch tonight, even though it's a, it's a start that I don't prefer. But I, I will definitely be watching baseball, not football this evening. Although it is a reasonably attractive Who's matchup. the game tonight? 
I was just looking at it. Is it? Uh, I think it's the. Was it the Packers? No, Packers were last week, right? They were last. Yeah. Uh, Who cares? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, that, that's where we. That's where most people end up right now in this town. Anyway, the Redskins are not a point of discussion at all. I was hoping the Nats played Sunday at one o'clock here. I mean, so look, by the time we record the Jack next show, Forrest the Mystics may have won a title. The Redskins will have lost a fifth game, and uh, tonight's the uh, the Rams and Seahawks. Like it's it's it it could it could be good, right? It could be good. Um, all right, Stevie, let's go Nats, baby. Thank you for uh, for making time. Thank you for representing the DTC family at the game the other night, and uh, hopefully, hopefully. Corbin's got his stuff, and we can uh, we can eke out a win tonight and, and set a tone for this series. I mean, the Nats can do it, and man, does this the, I don't want to say the city deserves it, but this team deserves it. This team has had too good of a season. It's too amazing of a story. Like this is a thirty for thirty script, right in the making here. We're watching it in real time. This is it. I, I just I feel it. I feel it. Well, we we know the hashtag. Stay in the fight. Amen. Thanks, Stevie. Talk to you soon. For uh, Stevie, my name is Joe. This has been Defeat the Dodgers. Until next time, we are out.